Where is God? While I found Peterson's perspective on religion and archetypal narrative to be extremely fascinating and a more rational explanation than I had ever considered, it also, perhaps strangely, caused me to see Bitcoin differently. While several aspects of Peterson's explorations around this topic have piqued my interest and helped reframe my thinking in several areas, one insight in particular stuck with me. That is when he says, God is expressed in the truthful speech that rectifies pathological hierarchies to confront the chaos of being itself and generate habitable order. When I first read this sentence, I had no idea what it meant. It was complete gibberish to me. But as I thought about it more, I began to see in it a profound truth. So much so that I find it difficult not to see that truth represented nearly everywhere in the domain of human action today. What I especially can't stop thinking about is how this description applies to Bitcoin, and more importantly, how it does so in an archetypal sense, that is, in the truest sense, and what the implications of that might be. The only change I'd make to Peterson's definition is to swap speech for information, though he may very well have meant speech to encompass all, quote, expression of information. Therefore, God is expressed in the truthful information that rectifies pathological hierarchies to confront the chaos of being itself and generate habitable order. The emergence of value. When Peterson mentions pathological hierarchies, what is he referring to? An understanding of pathological hierarchies necessitates an understanding of value, as it is value and values which ultimately permit the construction and ordering of the hierarchies we establish both internally and externally. So, what is value and where does it come from? Value, as well as the ability to value, is made possible by limitation. All life, indeed all form, is in some way molded by the limitations which constitute the parameters of its environment. There is no true vacuum as every space is characterized by some or many forces or parameters acting upon it. As such, the shape of things, be they living or not, is determined to varying degrees by such forces. For example, if Earth were to have a stronger gravitational pull, our skeletal, muscular, and nervous system, among other things, would be different. Even in the realm of perception, to focus on something is to create borders around it, such that it stands out from the setting or background in which it exists. If not for these parameters, everything would blur together into one big, indefinable mess. These limitations, then, which consciousness imposes, permit us to bring order to our perception by giving everything an independent or limited existence. Limitation necessitates exclusion or sacrifice. To take any particular action or to even simply focus on one particular thing and to gain the benefit or information to be derived from doing so, we must necessarily forego everything else in that same moment and devote our limited time and energy resources, even if only our attention, to doing so. We must confront the opportunity cost of all we might gain from placing our focused attention elsewhere when we commit to focusing it somewhere. Sacrifice is thus a critical component of value, as it is the use of one's own limited resources as that against which all action is measured and justified. As the Greek philosopher Protagoras rightly noted, Man is the measure of all things. Once things are given a unique identity, and with our own limited selves as a necessary measure, we are able to ascribe value to things. In fact, we can't avoid it. Through the conscious or subconscious recognition of their motivational significance. The relative valuation of any given thing to that of another naturally generates a hierarchy. One thing is more affectively significant than the other, and such hierarchies reveal themselves through the actions which they impel. These are not static structures. 
With every action or with every change to the environment in which we act, these hierarchies may shift, fork, and reorient as new, quote, ideal futures or goals emerge on various timelines and as unexpected events impose changes to the course and resources required to achieve them. In each moment, we have many of these, quote, ideal futures spanning a minute from now to 50 years from now, and so value is what we ascribe to the things or means which move us toward them. The inevitable consequence of dealing with things in the future is uncertainty, and so accounting for this uncertainty is an inseparable part of value too. You might then say that value is the combination of what moves us toward the more highly, quote, ordered state that we desire, combined with the attempt to resist the unwanted or, quote, chaotic interludes that impede our journey to it. Or put another way, we could say that value is the path which most efficiently passes through the forces of chaos and order, which reveals what we are willing to give up for that which we desire to have or become. It seems likely to me that for this reason, the foundation upon which all powerful hero stories is built and the most fundamental questions they attempt to explicate and explore are, what is the greatest, quote, future me to strive for? And given that, what becomes the thing of greatest value? What most helps bring it, or me, into being? These are fundamentally important questions, because whether this process occurs consciously or unconsciously, it's ultimately our conception of a future self which, quote, judges the value, that is, determines the motivational significance, of everything we encounter, effectively determining the path our lives take, who we are and who we'll become. Peterson, lurking in the background is an implicit, that is, unconscious ideal, against which all, quote, insufficient present states are necessarily and detrimentally compared. The highest value toward which effort is devoted determines what will become elevated and what subjugated in the course of individual and social existence. In effect, the highest ideal one sets for themselves becomes their God, as it becomes the standard against which and by which all value is determined. God, in a sense, is the thing which is beneficially contrasted with everything else, the ultimate judge, as it were. Determining which ideal, value, or principle to be oriented by is thus seen as being tantamount to, quote, choosing the right God, and therefore not surprisingly, why it is just that question which religious narrative attempts to so painstakingly explore and possibly answer. But what if the, quote, wrong ideal is chosen? What if the, quote, aim is not as aligned as it could be with what most generates optimal outcomes? The answer, it would seem, is that one fails to bring about the best possible good of which they are capable, and possibly even feeds or fosters the opposite, evil. As a result, and as nobody can escape the consequences of these decisions, taking these questions seriously is of the utmost importance. Part of the purpose of religious story is to abstract these questions by introducing various characters and circumstances that permit the reader or listener to see the results of choosing one ideal over another, the narrative attempts to showcase the, quote, acting out of different ideals and the process of, quote, trading them up by continuing to adopt the one that leads to the ever more successful outcome. This process inevitably leads to the ideal which is revealed to generate the, quote, best outcome by virtue of its congruence with the, quote, truth of our experience of reality and therefore the optimal structuring of value hierarchies and the action which stems from them.